0: Curb appeal. You know it when you see it. And with the Home Depot, today is the day for doing. Boost your curb appeal with the best brands at the best prices. From new garage doors to colorful flowers. Exterior lights to a new coat of paint. Inspiration to installation. You can do it or let the Home Depot do it for you. Visit homedepot.com services for more information on installing your next project. The Home Depot. More saving. More do it. U.S. only C-Store for details. Like that. That's how I always reaffirm myself. Give me another
1: one. Tony Bruno.
0: See? Give me another one.
1: Tony Bruno.
0: <laughs> you say it real fast now.
1: Tony Bruno.
0: Nice. You say it real slow now.
1: Tony Bruno.
0: Can you get deeper?
2: Deeper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tony Bruno. Tony Bruno. And now. Oh, Tony Bruno.
0: Stop it. Here is Tony Bruno. What up, kids? It's Taco Tuesday, and I didn't even load my uh, LeBron drop-in. Let me play that for you right Oh,
2: no, now. that's an outrage.
0: I know. I got to do that. I can't start the show unless we have this queued up.
1: What is it, Z? Taco Tuesday! Bryce, what is it? Taco Tuesday! <laughs> what is it, <laughs> buddy? What is it? Taco Tuesday! Uh, <laughs> Taco Tuesday! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It is now official, ladies and gentlemen. Let the party begin and commence. Guacamole is extra, though, on Taco Tuesday, Robin. Right? Don't you pay extra for guac
2: everywhere? I Well, I think that's just a climate change thing, right?
0: No, it's a, we can rip you off to charge you more for guac.
2: This is Taco Tuesday. Song. I like
0: it. It's got a good beat. You can dance to it. I'll give it a 65. I want to welcome back all my Twitter followers who were devoid of my musings and... Incredible knowledge that I spilled normally late at night. I didn't spill anything last night except a glass of milk when I was having a late night cookie. But uh, Twitter suspended me for 12 hours, Robin. I was in Twitter lockdown.
2: You were a bad, bad boy. You know
0: why? Because when I came on the air yesterday, I ripped Twitter as basically a vast wasteland of narcissism, fake facts, hacks, reported alleged journalists pretending to be journalists when they're not. Political hacks who get paid to pimp products and websites that sell left-wing or right-wing propaganda for a profit. Basically, everybody's getting rich because of Donald Trump. Whether you hate him or love him, you go on Twitter and you try to make money. And this is the sons of bitches calling me again every day, Robin.
2: Every Every single day. day at the same time.
0: This is the same people who want either for me to get new Medicare, which I already have, or get rid of my student loan, which I never had. But anyway, Twitter suspended me for 12 hours. I'm not that butthurt, but it's interesting that the tweet that they determined, because when I ripped Twitter on the air yesterday, you know what happens. There's all right. these Twitter, Twitter trolls that go out there, and they're looking to get people for saying something. Most of my tweets are A, sarcasm, B, animal videos, every once in a while an occasional sarcastic cheap shot, even, by the way, a Donald Trump, but those don't get, don't get seen. Because if you don't rip Donald Trump 24-7 on Twitter and get outraged and hashtag every single daily, 15-time-a-day Trump tweet, hashtags, you're, you, can't be, you can't be on there. You can't be funny. You can't be sarcastic. You can't have fun with your loyal listeners and viewers because somebody's out there watching the Twitter police. So I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Twitter is literally Hitler. They are the worst op... They should just cease operations. They should cease existing. They should because they provide... The only thing I use them for... And I think everybody should do the same thing. Just use them to promote your product. Now everybody's on Instagram promoting their stuff. I know. Chicks. Hot chicks.
2: Well, why did you switch over to Instagram?
0: Because I have to, have to have Twitter. Because according to Twitch's rules... Not rules, but research... Most of the people who are on Twitter are going to Twitch. So they know they both pretty much intertwine. They're not connected, but Twitter is the avenue of choice. Instagram is great. Listen, I don't I don't hate social media. I use but I'm going to use social media the way Johns use hookers. Except legally. I'm going to use Twitter to pimp everything that I can. That's what I'm going to use it for. But I'm not going to be shut down for giving opinions that I agree with. I don't give opinions on gun control or Trump or the stupid candidates running, or any of these ridiculous things that people spend 24 hours a day obsessing over. My life is not about politics, okay? Even though I was a political science major. So, if you want to go chase my Twitter feed and look at me, meanwhile, we got guys like Reslan Aslan, that piece of human excrement, who got fired by CNN, who goes on TV eating brains. You've seen this douchebag? Resla Aslan is on Twitter calling for the execution of people. And that son of a bitch is on Twitter. So, Jack and Twitter support, you can stick your Twitter terms of service up your ass all the way on Market Street, you jerk off, you punk ass piece of garbage, Jack Dorsey, and all of Twitter. You're worthless slime. You're, you're irredeemable losers. Stick it up your ass, Twitter. Stick it up your ass, Twitter support. When you start, if you don't start banning people who are calling for the execution of American citizens, then you have failed as a business. You are basically a propaganda outlet. That's what Twitter is. And if anybody, anybody, I can give you, a, I can spend an hour giving you a l- proof that Twitter is a propaganda arm of a political party. There's no denying it. This isn't just some crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy comment. This is absolutely documented fact. Twitter should be abolished, shut down. Everybody who has Twitter stock should sell it and get rid of that shithole. Twitter is worthless. That's what I'm saying. Go and look on Twitter. Go tell me that Twitter does not allow violent extremist talk Without suspending anybody, the accounts that are the most heinous never get suspended. But I make a dumb, silly joke about Clorox, and all of a sudden, I'm threatening bodily harm to somebody. That's how ridiculous Twitter is. And I even took it down. Because they said, well, take down this. Because, you know, people go through your Twitter feeds and trying to find things, the Twitter police on there. All these jerk-offs who don't know anything about laws, about the country, about the Constitution, about how government works. All these people are allowed to go on there and spout all their stuff, threaten people, call for their execution, and that's not violating Twitter policy. Explain that to me, Jack! Explain that, jack-off! You son of a bitch, hippie, dirty, mother-humping bastard, hipster, garbage, communist trash. That's what you are, Jack. Come at me, bro. Get out of your goddamn ivory tower on Market Street in San Francisco and come at me, Jack. You piece of garbage. You're human excrement. And your company should fail and be shut down. But I'm I'm for free speech. You're not. That's the difference. I believe in tolerance and free speech for all. You don't. You're a lying piece of garbage. You're a shit human being. You're the kind of hipster scum that I would spit on coming out of a bar if I saw you in there. Bastard. All right, that's my uh, Twitter rant for the day.
2: Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) That was quite a rant.
0: Thank you. I was reading from a prepared statement. I have my teleprompter behind me.
2: Damn, Tony. that That was early. And often. And often. And I wasn't
0: planning to go off like that.
2: No, I know. It was and again, the, uh, I don't, you
0: know, they want to suspend me, suspend my account. Okay. I don't create, I've had one account. So I've had one account t- Tony Bruno and- show since 2009. Okay. So I, I'm not one of these guys who, I get banned, I go set up another account or I have 15 fake accounts. I don't do fake <laughs> Sorry. accounts.
2: Somebody has your head on a, in a barbecue. <laughs> That was very appropriate. Whoever put that, Robin and I
0: stormed Twitter headquarters back before it was cool.
2: I know. So, 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 let's explain for a second the the supposed uh, infraction that you had that was brought against you. Somebody claimed that you were um, promoting self harm or AKA suicide. And I'll
0: tell you what the tweet was. So last week, Kirsten Gillibrand. Tweeted something about the Clorox. You know, when Wait, she becomes the very president.
2: the first thing that she would do if yeah, she is got it take went. Clorox
0: and go in and, and disinfect the White House. And then
2: the second thing she would do. I was, forgot what the second thing was. I forget was. what the second one was. And then
0: I wrote step three uh, ingest said Clorox or something right. like that. Yes. I didn't tell her to drink the Clorox. I wasn't threatening her. I didn't say that she should kill herself. It was a joke. Okay? If you're going to use Clorox to clean. That, I mean, it was a, such a preposterous tweet. And so I was being sarcastic. I wasn't saying, go get X, ex- you should be executed. I don't do what CNN and Rez- Reza Aslan do and say, you should be executed. When, when a guy says, you should be executed, is that the same thing as joking about Clorox? Am I telling somebody to drink Clorox? It was the step, step one, step two. So my, my, my joke was step three. So I deleted it. But that's how I got banned from Twitter. When you've got people that work for major networks, guys who are followed by millions of people all over the world, calling for the execution. There's no, there's no gray area with execution. Execution is flat out, no doubt. How is that not a violation of Twitter? Pro- that's not targeted harassment? That's not, that's not harmful content? And this guy's on Twitter still? If that's not the biggest example of hypocrisy ever, I don't know what is. And I don't care if they suspend me again. They can knock me off Twitter. I don't give a crap. But they are Nazis. Everybody wants to throw around Hitler. Twitter is Hitler. Jack Dorsey is literally Hitler. Prove otherwise, Jack. Prove otherwise that you're not Hitler. Because we live in a world now where you can call anybody what you want. You call anybody a racist. You can call anybody Hitlerian. You can call people all kinds of names. You can go to their houses and call for them to be stabbed in the heart outside of their homes. That's the way the world works now. Those people don't... There's no accountability. Of course it's not okay. You know how it's okay? If you allow it to happen. If you allow some people to spout dangerous shit on Twitter but then determine that something that is obviously not dangerous content gets you suspended, how does that work? How does that work? Twitter, therefore, is not really an open forum. It's not the old, you know, when you go to Europe and they have the, uh, the, post of the areas where you post stuff on the kiosks, you know that, the public, the public square. The public square where people debate things and give opinions. Twitter's not that. Twitter needs to be regulated, and it needs to be shut down. Okay, I'm going to go to the extreme like a lot of people do. They need to shut down. Twitter's not going to shut down, but I believe that they need to be dealt with as a fraudulent publication. They're not some open forum and public square.
2: Twitter. Right, has, I mean, that's for sure. There's Twitter has
0: basically proven beyond a reasonable doubt that they are not about fairness or anybody giving opposing viewpoints to the things that they agree with.
2: Now That's what it's about. And I don't spout, I don't, because
0: I don't rip Trump 24-7, then somehow I'm a, I'm a Trump lapdog. That's how Twitter works. If you don't rip Trump 24 oh, hours a day, oh my God, you're just a right-wing extremist. You're a white supremacist. That's how ridiculous this country has become with the absolute knee-jerk losers who are on social media trying to tell everybody how to think or what to think. The thought police all over the place. Screw that crap. I've been the same for 50-something years. I have not changed. I'm not political. I don't give a crap about Republicans, Democrats, or any of these losers. And I could prove it. So anyway. Tony. Yes?
2: I think this warrants a a reply because... um, Mars Mike says, yes, <laughs> yes, you retweeted someone's tweet saying that Trump should be executed. I did. And can you explain? Because I've known that you've... That, that was you pointing out how...
0: No, were- I, re- I, re- I actually reported that because I saw people saying vile things on there. So I hit... And what they do, basically, I don't know how it works. I actually report, report anybody
2: that says that somebody should... Absolutely. Should be, should be and again, I'm not,
0: I'm not playing Twitter police. I do this when I realize... That if I say anything that they would disagree with, they're going to come after me. And that's fine. Come after me. Come after me, Jack. I'll rip that goddamn beard. I'll punch your head on the ground. And I'm not even a violent man. And I don't even own a gun, by the way. So don't worry about that. But anyway, the point is, but just don't say you are what you're not.
2: Every
1: you're day, a, same a, time.
0: You're a fraud, Twitter. Jack Dorsey is a fraud. He is a Nazi. He is the real fascist. He's legitimately proving every single day on his platform that he is Hitlerian, as they like to say now.
2: Bob from Valley Forge, show your role, to or slow your role, Tony. You've got three That's hours right. out of here. I'm
0: not leaving anything in the locker room today.
2: <laughs> Damn. But the
0: good news is Twitter has returned to normal as before we went on the air today. Because I saw Max Kellerman is the now the number one trend on Twitter. And I'm saying, Oh, did they fire him? Did they hire Michael? Wherever you see somebody's name. Yeah, there's, trending on Twitter. The first thing a, you think of, did they die, right? right. Unfortunately. It's
2: either, it's either really bad or it's really good.
0: No, it's Long usually be- really bad. And so I see Max Kellum. I'm thinking, wow, maybe they fired. Yeah. Remember last week, Michael right, right, Irvin right, went right. on there and everybody's saying, wow, yeah. how great that was. Michael Irvin and Stephen A. Smith going at it, talking NBA, talking about football, the Cowboys, right. all that and other stuff.
2: predicting that... that they and I didn't
0: predict. Start- I said, but you know how the business works. Yeah. It's the old Wally Pipp thing. You go on vacation, your fill-in comes in, Kicks ass, and Wally Pipp never played again. You know, Wally Pipp was a good player. So that's the old Wally Pipping. I thought maybe he got Wally Pipped. But no, Do you know what the trend is? This shows you how America now at least can get back into what we're used to doing. Arguing about stupid sports shit. So you know what Max Kellerman did today to earn the top trend on Twitter? How so? He actually came out and said that Kobe Bryant is on the NBA's all-worst player team. One of the dumbest things you can say. And again, it's his opinion. He can have his opinion. I don't care about that. But so he knew he was going to trend. You don't say stuff like that on national television and expect everybody to say, yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right, Max. So Max Kellerman, knowing that Michael Irvin went in there, and I, and I know Max. I've known him for a long time. I don't have any problems with him. I don't dislike him. I know Max. I know Stephen A. I know, my, I know all these guys. So I don't have any vendettas, or I don't have a problem with Max. He can say whatever he wants. That's why he does a talk show, an opinion show. But it's obvious what he said today got so many people riled up. In the Kobe Bryant's not a top, is uh, not one of the best players ever, and so obviously. He played the let me get something that people remember that I'm still on the show and that Michael Irvin was here last week, but I'm back from vacation, so let me say something really out of the range. And that was a smart move by him. And it's it's not like it's harmful. It's not like he's calling for somebody to get hurt. It's not like he's spouting any propaganda. He gave an opinion, and he knew the opinion would light up the world. And that's what sports fans do. They get upset about somebody not liking a list or somebody not putting them on a list or somebody putting them on a list that they disagree with. And then the phones light up all day on talk radio stations. And I'm sure in L.A. they're lighting up today. Because let's be honest, in L.A., the Dodgers are so good. They won their 75th game last night. They're basically on cruise control. They're 18 games up in their division. They have the best record in the National League. So now for the next 50 final games, the Dodgers pretty much have to find a way to keep themselves interested. In playing baseball. And so, in L.A., the whole Kobe Bryant thing is going, I guarantee you the L.A. local sports talk shows today are talking about, oh, did you hear what Max Kellerman said about Kobe Bryant? And that'll become heavy phones for the rest of the day. And that's fine. That's what sports talk radio relies on. Heavy phone calls to argue about whether Kobe Bryant should be on the all-NBA worst team, which is absurd, <laughs> no matter how you feel about Kobe Bryant. So anyway, that's what's going on. I have much more faith in the world when Max Kellerman tweets, as opposed to all these other stupid political things that people spend twenty-four hours a day obsessing over. Dopes.
2: Now, in a minute, Tony, <laughs> take a deep breath. I'm gonna, I'm gonna.
0: I'm fine. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna give you a chance. My blood to pressure. Look. I guarantee, yeah. if you put, me, you should hook me up to a blood I pressure know, machine. I know. I
2: should. I
0: can assure you. That my blood pressure is still about 120. What
2: about during the rant?
0: During the rant, well, you know it's an elevated heartbeat, so that's like working out. Okay. Oh, is that? <laughs> so, that's, that's you, all you know, out. what's the, what's the benefit of running? The benefit of running is elevating your heart rate, right? <laughs> that's why you run.
2: I see. You don't run
0: marathons to elevate your heart rate. So- you run marathons because it's a, it's a, it's it's an unbelievable passion to go that far. Nobody needs to run 26 miles to get in shape. People run, you know, Wait a 5K, Are 10K. Are you saying that this
2: is like going to be like a new workout craze? It's going to be the uh, Tony so- Bruno rant workout.
0: I'm sort of like the guy that signs up for the gym on January 1st uh-huh. you know, saying I'm going to get in shape this year. Right. And then on January 1st, I, I really work out mm-hmm. hard. And then the next day, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't feel like going to the gym today. So, again, it's not something that I plan to do every day. I don't come in here and saying, you know, I'm going to go off today. It takes a lot. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Dr. David Banner. I'm usually calm, cool, and collected, uh-huh. but when you get me angry, <laughs> then I turn into the Incredible Hulk. So this isn't one of these, today i got to come in here and i got to start screaming about this. I don't write down a list of things that I'm going to scream about. I didn't even know I was going to do that until no, I sat it, down. it kind
2: of took me by surprise.
0: It is good cardio. I recommend letting it all out at least once a day, not in a dangerous way, not in threatening somebody, Although I did say some nasty things about Jack, but I think most people will agree about Jack Dorsey at this point. Twitter is Hitler. I mean, let's be honest. So, anyway, relax now. Let's take a deep breath. And let's play a really, really soothing song today. Just have our first song of the day. Ladies and gentlemen. For all of you who have been sleeping on them, don't sleep on the Mets. I want to thank my buddies up in New York who wanted Mickey Callaway fired. Remember when the Mets came to Philly? And my buddy up there in New York who calls Leslie in Fort Lee, calls the show, going crazy. They wanted the general manager fired. They wanted the manager fired. Sort of like Philly's fans do here every other day. But the Mets, while everybody was going crazy... Ripping the Mets, their organization, the construction of their franchise, their pitching. Now, well, their pitching actually was good all along, but their lineup. The Mets, ladies and gentlemen, the butcher and the baker, pretty much are non-existent anymore. But they still meet the Mets. It used to be. They've made many versions of this song. This is the original from 1962. I like it. I like
2: it a lot. It's
0: got a good beat. It's it was got a calm good beat. back in the day. You Tell all these like guys probably had really nice brill creamed haircuts singing this song, right? Can you imagine 62? Yes,
2: I'm, I'm picturing it right now. <laughs>
0: the Mets now they had various uh reincarnations of this song which were mostly negative mm-hmm. but since I'm a positive kind of guy yeah absolutely. and since I couldn't download them off YouTube because they just kept going around and around and around you know when you look for something and you do a search and then you find a video say so I want to hear what that one is uh-huh. and then you play it and it never opens and I checked this we did a speed test on our files even yes. though it's slower than it's supposed to be it should still be running but that's another issue for another time so anyway the Mets Ladies and gentlemen, they sweep a doubleheader from the Marlins, which isn't that all well, that earth-shattering. But the Mets, ladies and gentlemen, over 500 now for the first time since Memorial Day weekend, Robin, when everybody had them dead and buried. They have the best record in baseball since the All-Star break, 17-6, and and all of a sudden they're only two and a half games out of the wild card in the National League. Oh, are we going to play it again? Everybody now. <laughs>
2: It's kind of on a continuous roll. <laughs> <laughs> kiddies, oh
0: you, yeah. always,
2: you know what? You say that all the time. Bring your kitties.
0: And bring your wife. And bring your wife. I don't care how you bring her. Just bring her young. At least, you know, 40, you know, that milf age. And one thing about baseball, you must say this, for all the people who rip the sport... Baseball really has a lot of couples. You see a lot of women, you see women in groups right. by themselves, you see men and women. It's a family, you know, you bring the kiddies, you bring
2: everybody. Yeah, it's a family affair. <laughs> It does sound like a musical. It sounds like a song from an old school musical.
0: Or it sounds like a a song that they still do in musicals today. That's the thing about musicals. This was 60s era, you know, happy music, brill creamed guys, you know, with the shirt with the nice ties on, when people would go to ball games all dressed up with suits and ties, remember? Yes. I don't know if they were still doing that in the 60s, but you look at all the old Babe Ruth era. I know. The men all wore hats. They
2: wore suits. All the women were always dressed up.
0: And even the strippers dressed up nicely, respectably, when they went to ball games back then. They're not putting their legs wide open in front of home plate. They didn't do that back in the day. I guess those dresses were too long to really make it comfortable to do. But anyway, the Mets are playing well. And how about Pete Alonzo, Robin? Do you know he has 35 home runs now? And this is what I love about ball players. Because some of them are deep thinkers. And when I heard this post-game comment last night, Robin, from Pete Alonso because he hit another home run. The Mets are mashing the baseball. Jeff McNeil, by the way, of the Mets, has the best batting average in the National League. The guy's hitting 337. And you know me, I'm no Mets fan or Mets apologist. I give credit where credit's due. Jeff McNeil is hitting 337 on August 6th. Pete Alonzo is right there in the home run chase. Obviously, you know, you've got the two main guys. Last night, Christian Yelich hit two more home runs, including one out of the stadium into the river, into the Allegheny River in Pittsburgh. He's got 39. And obviously, Jock Peterson with the Dodgers is going crazy. But right behind him is Pete Alonzo. We saw Pete Alonzo at the home run derby. The guy's a legit player. Jeff McNeil's a legit player. And the Mets are doing what the Phillies and other teams don't do consistently, is now they've gotten better and they're playing well for extended periods of time, not for two games you win and then you lose a game and then you lose 15-1 to and then you come back and the fans get excited and then you go out and stink the joint out. They're doing what you're supposed to do this time of the year. So I give them credit. Now the Phillies won in Arizona last night and the guy that everybody now really is taking a new liking to, Vince Velasquez. Velasquez, of course, is a guy who's been criticized because he can't go more than five innings. He wears out. But he's a gamer. You saw it when he played right field, uh, left field the other night in that crazy game on Friday night against the White Sox where he made a couple of unbelievable plays, threw a guy out at the plate, almost threw a second guy out of the plate. He's a great athlete. Made a great play last night, and he actually won seven full innings. Yes, I stayed up late. Well, my Twitter was down, so I had to watch but no, I was watch I watched the baseball Philly games. I, I watched We're Philly baseball. Wrestling. I watched baseball. I was flipping around. I was watching the Dodgers absolutely destroy the St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals is another one of those teams. One week they look like they're gonna win the, the National League Central, and then all of a sudden they look like crap like last night, where they got manhandled by the Dodgers. As I mentioned, the Dodgers 75 wins, Cody Bellinger 37 home runs, 8 nothing. the Dodgers win last night. They're 18 games up in the West. And what's interesting to note here, as Vin Scully used to say during the Dodger broadcast, like nobody's even going to get close to them. They may have already wrapped up not only the, the National League East, which they've had, well, National League West, which they've had wrapped up for like two months, the best record in baseball. They really have nothing to play for the rest of the year except personal stats and trying to keep guys healthy and checking out the pitching staff and their bullpen and things like that. But back to the Mets. This is why I like listening to baseball players. Not just baseball players saying, you know, hey, we take it one game at a time. It's a long season, 162 game, blah, blah, blah. He went deeper. Yes, he did. Deeper into the night. Not just deeper into the night. Oh, he was. Marianne Williamson, the candidate who's a little yeah. out there, but she's like very deep.
2: He went metaphysical, m- cosmic.
0: Yes. He went cosmic. He went into the black hole of space. He went planetary. He went astrophysicist level of describing what's happening to the New York Metropolitans. Let's go to the tape. Yeah. Um, I mean, anytime you hit a go-ahead oh, in a close yeah. game, it's, um, it's a really fun, really cool experience. Um, I'm just really happy that I could really uh... really contribute today because uh, uh... this past month has been it's been kind of rough mm-hmm. uh, But ever since mercury came out of retrograde i think i'm okay yeah Le- um, yeah. Mercury, I mean, came mercury came out of, came retro out of retrograde metrograde uh Metro not you know, retrograde not metrograde that's the new york subway oh, system yikes. and that's never coming out of anything except rats and you know all kinds of delays and crap and urine and feces and that stuff but that's oh, new york
2: yeah. that's one of the good
0: things about new york actually <laughs>
2: By the way, these are a bunch of people that are descri- are subscribing to the show. Chris F twenty one just subscribe or twenty nine, excuse me, just subscribed. So all these sounds that you're hearing
0: are new people walking yeah. up.
2: Wait, all of my cameras are like off. Everything Mercury's in
0: retrograde, Robin.
2: There no, I'm, I'm not an astrology because guy. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on with the computers and the cameras, so maybe it's Maybe he's be-
0: Mercury in retrograde. Yes,
2: maybe he's right.
0: How about drops of Jupiter? Do we have any of those uh, falling upon people right?
2: Now? You know what we will be having falling <laughs> upon us in just a few minutes. What? Duncan Mackenzie McCarg, our fantastic correspondent and Fox Sports our man, down, our, our man down under. Yes, he is going to be joining us um, momentarily, but he's not in LA where he normally resides. He's is he not, down he, under? Is he, he's he down not in uh, down Melbourne? Under. He's across the pond in London. In London Town? He's in London Town, and he is going to bring us the latest and greatest news. Yes.
0: The controversy that emerged down under while you were sleeping, which was like a day and a half ago. The latest on Ben Simmons, controversy down uh, down under. But ladies and gentlemen, give me a little bit of train here, Robin. I know there's drops of Jupiter, but I never understood the Mercury's in retrograde. I was never really an astrology guy. But I mean, back in the day when I was younger, you know, you always asked a chick, because you, you, know, you wanted to start a conversation before we had Tinder and Twitter and all these other ways where people can communicate without meeting one another. What would you ask them? What's your sign, right? Yes, I. Hey, yes. What's your sign, hon? Of course, I didn't call him hon, except it was if I was at the Melrose Diner, because that's what the waitresses would call me. You know, even when waitresses would call me hon uh-huh. at a diner, I never called them hon back. Well, because I didn't because feel, it feel it was in a- my place to to give them the same term of endearment that they gave me.
2: Why not? They might like it. They're they're saying something nice about you. They're like, "Hey, hun."
0: No, I don't think else? that's nice. I think that's just uh, they're not trying to hit on me. By the way.
2: No, they're just they're, it's just a. I mean, who looks like Tiger
0: Woods in a diner getting hit on by Perkins Pancake but House it's waitress? But something i noticed
2: it here where they're like, "Hey, hun, what do you want?" <laughs> "Hey, hon can I top off your coffee?"
0: I get hun, I get babe, with us, sweetie, sweetie's popular. Yeah. Although I'm trying to cut back on sugar, so I don't use sweetie that often. And I think I call you sweetie. Would you call me sweetie?
2: I call you, um, I call you pumpkin.
0: Pumpkin. Not pumpkin spice, though. I'm pumpkin 24-7, 365 yes. days a year.
2: <laughs> I, I I have a lot of terms of endearment that I use. <laughs> How I've about noticed. sugar
0: tits? Is that offensive no, right no, now? You can't I say know, that yet.
2: Honey bun. <laughs> I say honey bun. And I'm like, a Gemini. I'm a
0: Gemini. Robin's uh, what are you? Is uh Siciliano? No, a Sagittarius. Sagittarius, yes. Does anybody really do that does anybody care oh, about signs people- anymore? There are
2: people that are religious about it. That that really they live their life by what their stars <laughs> say to them. It's kinda crazy. I mean, sometimes it's kind of cool. Like if if I read my uh, my sign, the information on my sign for a certain day, and then it really matches. You up. still
0: look at uh, you night still night. look at horoscopes.
2: Sometimes I read my horoscope and I'm like, wow, that's really accurate. And my mother, you know, she's crunchy granola. Yes, of course. Chick. She had my star chart done when I was an infant, and it is scary. She didn't I call
0: Miss Cleo though late night when no, she was uh, okay. They,
2: you know. I think back in the day, you could take a course at Stanford regarding that. And uh, so she had had it done, and it's scary accurate, actually. It's kind of freaky.
0: Wait a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an astrology update as I've been searching. When will Mercury next be in retrograde, and what does it mean? I'm looking this up. Mercury retrograde dates for 2019. I need some sort of, like, spacey music or something. Because I didn't plan for this segment. But when I saw the Pete Alonso quote, and guess what, Mercury entered retrograde motion on July seventh, twenty nineteen. Do you have any astral music, Robin? Like some astral projection stuff? Not Astral Gilberto. That's more uh, Brazilian, which I love too.
2: Actually, this is kind of this is very appropriate. Okay, you'll you'll enjoy this one, Tony.
0: Because what is
2: this is Weird Owl singing your horoscope for today. This is not
0: appropriate for my Mercury and retrograde update. Why though.
2: not? You don't like this one? I like, I, listen, I love
0: Weird Al. But I got to get into the astral mode. Astral, okay. because I actually have legitimate, scientifically proven Mercury retrograde knowledge right oh, here. No,
2: that's not a good one. Give me something, just look up astral. If I say, if I start typing, just think of astral, the planetarium at the
0: Franklin Institute. You know they have the planetarium someplace. when you walk into any of these great science museums. Yeah. There you go. That's it. That's this it. is
2: called Pine Crest again by Horoscope. Dude. I have no idea. How's this?
0: I don't want to get into a trance here.
2: Oh, this is very. This trancy. is good.
0: This is this is very very uh, planetary esque. Yes. Planetarium esque. According to age-old practice of astrology, Robin... Yes. ...we are all influenced by the effects of Mercury in retrograde.
2: That's what's wrong with me.
0: Due to the way our planet's orbit orbit, interacts with the orbits of the other planets... Uh Uh-huh. ...they might sometimes appear to be traveling backwards through the night sky with respect to the zodiac. This is, in fact, an illusion which we call apparent... Retrograde motion. You following me now?
2: Isn't it all an illusion, Tony?
0: Well, it's just an illusion. Love that song, too. It's
2: just an illusion. You may have
0: to play that, Robin.
2: But then I would have to get rid of the horoscope thing. All
0: right, I'll look it up. But let me continue now. Okay. Three times a year. How many times a year? No, three. Three times a year, it appears as if Mercury is going backwards. These times in particular were traditionally associated with confusions, delay, and frustration. Think about email blunders and frazzled travel plans. It's happened to all of us, Robin. However, this is an excellent time to reflect on the past. It's said that the intuition is high during these periods, and coincidences, coincidences can be extraordinary. Here are the dates for Mercury retrograde in 2019. This is why Pete Alonso was not on something. He was on to something. Yes. In 2019, ladies and gentlemen, Mercury will be in retrograde three times during the dates ranging from March 5th to the 28th, which we've already experienced. Right. But now, shockingly suddenly, Pete Alonzo was right. Mercury is was in retrograde from July 7th to August 2nd.
2: Ah.
0: So he was right. Things weren't going well for the Mets in July. They were terrible. But all of a sudden...
2: This music is making me feel very anxious for some reason. Like there's impending doom. Do you have the Pete Alonso cut again?
0: Maybe I'll be able to even deep, dig deeper into his... his deep ability to understand... Mercury in retrograde, Robin. And the next time Mercury will be in retrograde, October 31st, Halloween, unless we change the date, to November 20th. So you got the date, so it's already over. We've missed the first two. The next time Mercury will be in retrograde and appearing to be going backwards, October 31st, Halloween, to November twentieth, right before Thanksgiving. Write those numbers down. Write those dates down.
2: Okay. Here's here's yeah, the quote again.
0: Um, I mean, anytime you hit a go-ahead homer in a close game, it's mm-hmm. um, it's a really fun, really cool experience. Um, I'm just really happy that I could really uh, really contribute today because uh, uh, this past month has been it's been kind of rough, uh, but ever since Mercury came out of retrograde, I think I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, anytime you hit a See, it homer it came in a out of. Close- yeah. see what he said when did it come out of retrograde August 2nd yes
2: so now he's back on. now it's
0: August 6th so all of a sudden the Mets especially Pete Alonso yeah, understood yeah, yeah. that Mercury came out of retrograde things are no longer going backwards you think that Mike Francesa or any of the talking head sports guys in New York or even on the MLB network are breaking it down to this level of astrophysicism you think they are
2: I don't think their scissisms are up to par at all. So one last note. What to do when
0: Mercury is in retrograde next? Uh-huh. That's October 31st to November 20th. The Just plan- stay in bed? No, no, wait. Just relax, Robin. The planet Mercury rules communication, travel, contracts, automobiles, and such. Whatever such is, I don't know yet.
2: So don't sign any contracts.
0: But so communication. So don't go on Twitter from October 31st to November 20th, okay. just actually, don't talk to anybody. Just don't talk. Yeah, just watch football. Don't
2: sign any contracts. Don't, the NBA season just, will don't be starting. get started. married.
0: Hockey will be back yet. Yeah. So don't travel. So it rules communication. So words, just
2: stay in bed. That's what I exactly. said. Exactly. It's I, fall anyway. I, watch I, the leaves just,
0: turn. Watch the leaves just, turn and start falling. Just
2: stay in bed.
0: So when Mercury is retrograde, remain flexible, allow extra time for travel. And avoid signing contracts, as you just pointed out. Double-check your email responses. Check with reservations before you take that
2: trip. Tony, where are you reading this from?
0: I'm reading it from an actual... Is that Marianne Williamson's website? No, this is from the Farmer's Almanac. (laughs) Oh. And you know that shit's real in there. Damn. This was just written June 26, 2019, by Catherine Buckman of the Farmer's Almanac.
2: Deans, what, what are those dates again? He needs to stay inside.
0: October 31st, Halloween night, it's easy to remember, to November 20th, right before Thanksgiving. Remember, the NFL season will be in full effect. NBA and hockey will be underway. Yep. Baseball will be winding down in the World Series. One last thing. Review projects and plans at these times, but wait until Mercury is direct again to make any final decisions. You can't stop your life, Robin. Plan ahead, have backup plans, and be prepared All right. for angrier people and miscommunication oh, then.
2: crap.
0: Isn't that pretty much every day now? Does Mercury have to be in retrograde, retrograde to have angrier people and miscommunication?
2: I'm going Isn't to, that like every day now? I'm going to have to pull up your chart, Tony, and make sure, because you're Gemini, it throws everything off anyway. <laughs> hey, speaking of throwing everything off. All right, off-
0: there, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to show you, this show's about science. Yes. We don't just throw shit against the wall here and make it up. When Pete Alonzo talks about Mercury and retrograde, he wasn't lying. A hell of a job. That's not, he's not my, one of my favorite players, Pete Alonzo. How can you not love that kid? A, he's Italian. B, he won the Home Run Derby. He's a good dude, man. Now, I don't know what they say on FarmersOnly.com, but I'll check later on to see how the vegetation's doing. And remember, stay out the bushes. So there you have it. Your Mercury retrograde twenty nineteen calendar update.
2: It's a beautiful thing. You're not getting any. They're not no, getting anywhere else. No, you are not getting this for sure anywhere else.
0: I'm going to have to sit down with Pete Alonso one day and, and discuss this stuff.
2: His view on life. No, and the, not even. And the world, I, I wonder universe. how
0: many of those scribes, those reporters in New York, when they were interviewing him post post game actually looked into the whole me- Mercury and retrograde thing. And
2: realized thing. that there was something to what he yes, was Yes, he saying. wasn't
0: making it up. It yeah. wasn't just like, a, I'm going to be a zany. and yeah. quip, you know, A lot of baseball players and athletes and football players now, say zany stuff. So
2: here's my question that I would ask him. I'm like are you really into this or do you just happen to read something and you realize that it was Mercury net- retrograde and you thought you were going to be funny?
0: I doubt he's reading the Farmer's Almanac when he's on the road or no, at home. No, not
2: that, but you, you might have one of those, you know, those apps that reads your horoscope every day. The fact or, that he
0: knew that Mercury was in retrograde and just ended... Kind of
2: makes you think that, that he... That he, he had,
0: that had some idea yeah. what he was talking about.
2: Well, you know Because I else- love
0: athletes that say weird shit, but the, but the fact that he was able to absolutely pinpoint it to what happened and how all of a sudden the Mets now are the hottest team in baseball there's something behind that Robin
2: well, I it wasn't see, just a
0: sound bite
2: I want to see is he like Joe Boo? does he have crystals and a couple things no they didn't locker? kill any chickens
0: in the, they were about to kill chickens in the Mets dugout around Memorial Day I weekend I want to know
2: now I want to know if he has like crystals and and, and like does he burn <laughs> sage in the locker room
0: by the way Ninety one Mercury in retrograde has just passed the 27 minute mark hey it takes time to explain this stuff yes
2: Speaking of somebody else who's going to explain stuff to us. Yes. I'm going to play first I'm going to play this video from Good Morning Australia or the Morning Show in Australia. They have a
0: morning show in Australia, They zany morning the, zoo type no, 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 people. No, this is
2: this is a news news because um, <laughs> for those of you who do not know, Ben Simmons is down in Australia where he's hugely popular. That's where I mean, he's from. He he is one of the biggest stars, not just he sports, walks on water in yeah. Australia. And he's huge down there, and he went with a couple of his friends to a casino called the Crown Casino. The Crown, Not Crown Royal. Um, I, I have never been there. You've never not been there. Not Crown
0: either. Fried Chicken, which has multiple no. locations on street corners here in Philadelphia. For those of you who live in the area, you've seen Crown Fried Chicken, haven't you, Robin?
2: Yes, I have. A
0: lot of locations. I hear it's good. I've never been there, though.
2: And so he, he, um, he went to Crown and claims that he... Was turned away at first because the color of his skin. Um, now, Crown and its, its uh, organization came out with a statement. So let me let me let's first explain this. it. So he
0: goes in, he goes on Instagram because he's in line at this casino mm-hmm. in Australia. Is this in Melbourne? Well, what city is, is, this is it?
2: Entire, this entire, but no, let me
0: just fart. So because people don't know, this story is not anywhere. It's, you don't, I don't see it on ESPN, I don't see it on NBC Sports Philly. And when anybody farts in the NBA, it's usually a big story. Right. I mean, even Max Kellerman didn't even talk about this today. He's worried about uh, deciding whether or not Kobe Bryant is, is one of the greatest players of all time or one of the worst players of all time.
2: Well, this is the morning show is a standalone. It's it's going to explain. It okay, from so the it says
0: because I don't want it starting, and people are saying, "What are they talking about?" So right. this is local news
2: in Australia. In Australia, it is the it's the leading story it in is. Australia, right even now.
0: though it's already tomorrow there. They're still talking about it tomorrow, and we haven't even started discussing it today, Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, August 6th. Let's go to morning television in Australia.
1: Well, some breaking news for you now. We've been covering this this morning. Crown has released a statement in reply to basketball star Ben Simmons' accusations against the casino.
2: Yeah, our entertainment editor, Peter Ford, all over this for us this morning. Uh, Pete, what have they said?
1: Okay, so let's go to the statement, then we'll kind of work our way back. So they've just released this statement. Obviously, they needed to. This story is spreading like wildfire internationally. Crown strenuously rejects reports it discriminated against a group of visitors last night. Crown's internal security policy requires our security officers to check identification of those persons they believe to be under the age of 25. This is an enhanced safeguard to ensure that no one... ...under the age of 18 is permitted entry to the casino floor as required by law. The group subsequently provided identification and were permitted entry... So that last sentence there is what I think we need to focus on. It's very clear that Ben Simmons was at the casino gambling last night. Well, hang on, I shouldn't say that. He was on the casino floor. I didn't see him gambling. But he certainly got the entry, which the story so far has indicated he didn't get. I think the other key word that we need to look at there is subsequently, because my information is initially at his first entry point into the casino, he did not show his ID Subsequently, he filmed this particular Instagram post saying, "I've been turned away." When he did get in later, I'm assuming he thought to himself, "Oh, I'm in now. I better delete that post." Let's go back now and look at the post he put up last night after being denied entry. I find it so crazy that the only guy who doesn't get checked to go in the casino is this guy. I guess
2: you know. I get checked. Mike gets checked. I get checked. And Taz gets checked. I mean. Thank you, Crown Casino. Damn. And they didn't let
1: me in or him. That's crazy. Or this guy. <laughs> wow. We got a long way to go. So Ben is a superstar, he is earning a fortune overseas. Good luck to him, we're all proud of him, but don't give us a bad name. He needs to be more upfront about exactly what happened last night and what he did or didn't do rather than making us as a country look like a racist country based on what he says happened to him. So just just repeating what Crown has said, the, the Crown has said anyone who looks under 25, they yeah. will ask to see their ID, yes. presumably... The Simmons Party did not produce that ID in the first instance, but then went on to? Yes. It.
0: So there you have so. it. That was the report in Australia. What was the channel there? Was that the news for? The, or...
2: the morning show. It's was the morning show. Was it Seven News? news? I'm not sure. So now. It wasn't
0: the view, at least, because these people sounded like they were reasonable <laughs> and coherent.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> now we are going to effort this particular connection and see if it actually works. First time around. Now, the
0: interesting part of that story, because we played the reaction. Hello. Is this Duncan? This is Duncan McKenzie McCogg. Hey,
3: are you from Australia? Tony Bruno. How are you, Duncan? I am indeed Tony Bruno. I
0: am 100% Australian. In fact, I am from Melbourne, Australia. Have you been into the Crown, uh, Crown Casino? Hundreds of times. Have you ever drank Crown Royal inside there?
3: I have drunk Crown Lager inside Crown Casino. Of course, those two aren't related, but yes, I have drunk Crown Lager beer
0: mm-hmm. inside
3: Crown Casino many times.
0: By the way, good day. We haven't talked to you in a while, Duncan. I miss you, man. We haven't talked to you in a long time now, since the NBA season ended. It's an outrage.
3: Well, the last time I... Absolutely. Well, the last time I spoke to you, Pony was... Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers were still in the NBA playoffs. They yes. were playing the Toronto Raptors. I think they just lost game three from memory. They played terribly that game. It might have been game four. And, uh, and then it was also the, the, the couple of days after the Kentucky Derby. I do want to bring that up because obviously there was the Factor and all that thing. Are we
0: over that yet, Tony? Are were over no, not I, putting on the I'll never be over that. That may be, of all the things that I've yeah, done no. wrong this year, that may have been my <laughs> biggest, biggest regret. Because I would be retired, I would be in the Crown Casino, and since I look over 25... Now, did you get carded when you went to the Crown Casino down there? Always. Yep. So they, crowd, they card everybody. I mean, you're supposed to show ID when you get into pretty much any uh, facility now, right? And again, I'm not trying to defend the casino. I don't know what happened. We, heard, we saw the Instagram post of Ben Simmons. You and I have discussed this many times. Ben Simmons is like, he's a superstar rock star... In Australia, and so that. But the, the what the one thing that the anchors said on that TV clip we just played from the morning show over there is that they don't want people to think that all Australians are racist and all Australians would do this to a man who is obviously of mixed race and identifies himself as uh mm. you know as African American or African Australian. I don't even know what he identifies as, but obviously he's a star and he had a bunch of guys with him. And so your reaction to the to what's going on now as an Australian, as seeing what's happened, and the fact that the, the people down there don't want to be all clumped together as a racist country, because that happens a lot. You know, one person's a, a white supremacist than anybody who's white is a white supremacist anymore in this world of over-exaggeration. What is your take on this whole Ben Simmons story, Duncan?
3: Well, my initial take, Tony, was that I was very disappointed when I saw the initial headlines, because you see the headline, and you see... uh, Ben Simmons, race involved, and you think, no, this is Australia's most high-profile athlete right now. At the moment, he's Australia's highest-paid athlete. After that $170 million five-year contract, he just inked with the Philadelphia 76ers. He'd just come back to Australia, Tony, almost on like a a victory lap tour after signing the contract, after having another good season with the Philadelphia 76ers, after becoming Australia's first NBA All-Star. They've been rolling him out everywhere. He's been at um, AFL football matches. He's been visiting his favourite team, the Essendon Bombers, out there at Marvel Stadium and getting photos with the players. He's been visiting rival football clubs and kicking the ball on Punt Road Oval. So then when he goes into Crown Casino, which actually it's more of an entertainment complex. I mean, it, it doesn't really compare to the sort of casinos that you get in Las Vegas or anything like that. But in terms of a scale, it might be something that you might see in Atlantic City or something. Um, But it's a huge entertainment complex. And from what I can see in the pictures, and I know Crown Casino relatively well, it seems as though Ben tried to get into the gaming floor and that's when him and his group were asked for identification. Now, it must be said, I have entered that gaming floor a number of times. Probably... 50 times mm-hmm. and every single time that i've been to that gaming area i've always been asked for id now this is when i've been an 18 year old a 19 year old a 30 year old
0: but you still uh, look like you're and 22 years says- old though duncan that's th- you still look younger like i still get <laughs> carded you, you know i still get carded when i when i go into a, a liquor store they ask for id and i'm 67 years old so that's what they have to do in places. Again, I'm not defending it. I don't know whether the casino is racist or whether they do this routinely. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. So I, I don't know what to make of this. And, and Ben Simmons, by the way, in the Instagram video is sort of laughing. You know, he's, he seems like he's laughing about it. I don't know if he deleted it. Some people said he deleted the video. I don't know. I don't know how this hurts, helps, or does anything. So he did delete the video? Yeah, he certainly
3: deleted it because I think there was a social media storm initially and there was a lot of reaction to it, so then he deleted it. Um, But, you know, it's a terrible, terrible shame that it's got to this. I mean, if Ben is right and he feels that he has been racially profiled, this is an awful, awful situation because there's another high-profile sports star in Australia who, a couple of years ago... um, uh, he, he, he was booed during AFL football matches. His name was Adam Goods and Adam Goods was one of the most prolific, uh, highly decorated players in the history of Australian rules football, and Adam Goods is an Aborigin- Aboriginal Australian. And, uh, and Adam Goods was playing in an AFL match once, and he was playing against a team called Collingwood, and one of the opposition supporters uh, leant lent over the boundary, over the fence, and a spectator called Adam Goods an ape. Uh, and Adam didn't uh, take Kylie to that, as you wouldn't, and pointed out um, the spectator, who was only a young girl, to the, crowd, to the umpire and wanted her to be reported. And then he also pointed her out, out to the marshals. And then she was ejected out of the stadium. And that was a huge, huge story um, that was happening in Australia. And subsequently, after that, uh, Adam Goods was booed, and he ha- had been booed for that previously, but Adam Goods was booed f- throughout the entire uh, country when he was playing. So whenever he, he had the ball in his hands, Adam Goods was routinely booed. And there was some assertion that um, Adam was booed because of his race. Uh, and, and it created this huge, huge public storm and a lot of society or Australian society was completely divided over the issue and Adam believed that he was being booed on racial lines but then kept pretty quiet about it and then eventually retired from the AFL uh, and was very, very upset at the Australian Football League about it. Um, they didn't really stamp out this idea of stopping spectators booing at AFL games, um, Indigenous players or especially Adam Goods. So um, there, is a tiny bit of a, there is a tiny bit of context here that this kind of fits into that particular realm and it's kind of opened up that thing. And Adam Goods recently, over the last couple of weeks, uh, actually – released a documentary about what he actually went through uh, and the pain and heartache that he had to go through and it went through a number of different sources and that sort of thing so anyway that's just a little bit of context as to why this ben simmons issue has become such a massive massive issue i mean this was from what i can see it was leading the news broadcast tony the Mm -hmm. 6 p.m news broadcast because as i mentioned ben is one of the biggest stars probably the biggest sports star in australia at the moment he's only 23 years of age he's Easily the most high, high-paid athlete in Australia, uh, so, so for him to uh, feel this way, I think a lot of Australians um, are deeply, deeply hurt by that. Now, Crank Casino, as we know, that they, they have put out a statement basically saying that anyone under the age of twenty-five will be ID'd. Um, they didn't mention the split in the group, why that, why the other gentleman wasn't ID'd, and why this other group was. Uh, but from the sounds of things, as well, that. Ben and the group actually went to another entrance point, which is around the other side of the casino, and seemingly one of the security guards there had recognized Ben and let him in to that particular checkpoint. And now I'm not sure whether he was ID'd or whatever, because that's a little bit unclear. We haven't heard uh, those, particular, those particular sources on it. So,
0: but that's my, not the gambling area. So the area he did go into and eventually go in and party in the casino was not the gambling floor. The gambling floor has a separate entrance. That's what you're saying, where they do ID everybody, apparently.
3: Yeah, well, there's the gaming floor where you do get, and that looks. It looks like uh, Ben's getting uh, stopped for ID at the gaming floor. Now, in, inside the gaming floor, Tony, there are a number of different bars. So there's sports bars, there's you know quieter bars, um, there's different things. So the gaming floor, it's got a whole bunch of different things in it. So it's seemingly Ben must have been going towards one of the sports bars at Crown Casino just to have a couple of quiet drinks. Um, so there's a there's a number of different entrances you can go in but um yeah it's a it's a terrible terrible state of affairs and of course you know ben's doubled down on it you know with his with his tweet effectively saying that you know he's all for equality and um he's going to put himself he's going to be speaking up in uncomfortable situations like this um if it means he's going to make a difference so
2: i have a couple questions so first of all what is the drinking age in australia
3: the
0: drinking age is 18.
2: 18, so... Um, he's that, obviously, over he's 18. obviously over 18. He's obviously over 18.
0: That means if you're 16, you're probably drinking, uh, like they used to do here when they made the drinking so age. So the 18.
2: gambling age, you have to be at least... How old to be on the gambling floor? 25?
3: No. T- 18. It's oh, 18 same. as
2: well. Okay. So both gambling <gasps> and drinking is, is... But they say that they card anybody that looks... Under 25,
0: under 25 which 25, doesn't make any sense because... Because there's some if people... the age is 18... Now, if you look like you're 16, nowadays, you know, you go into a club, you see women and especially women who are like 15 years old who look, you know, who look like they're 22, 23. That's why
2: I think that they do that, because if you're anywhere between the ages of 15 and 25, you could very well look like you are 25 or older, but you're not. So that's how come they kind of make that determination that anybody that looks like they're under the age of 25, they're just going to double check and make sure. Exactly. Now, the interesting yeah, thing 18, I have is that... Yeah, that is the number, yeah, the, Robin. The thing 18 that
3: is the number. So you, so you, so you can drive at 18, you can drink at 18, you can buy cigarettes at 18, you can gamble at 18, and 18 is the magic number in Australia.
2: Now, the other question is, is that the one guy who they say, who happened to be Caucasian, um, who, uh, he says, did not get carded... Um, Maybe they, I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Maybe they just thought that he he was older. Maybe he, looked maybe, a, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's one of these things, Robin, that, you know, I've been watching a little bit of the social media reaction as well, and there are friends of mine that have been on there who are in their 40s and 50s who have been saying that they get carded every single time they go to Crown in that particular entrance as well. So... I can't stress this enough. Every time I've been to Crown Casino, in that, in, at that entrance point, I've always been carded. I've always been asked and asked for ID. No matter if I, if I was 18 years of age or if I was thirty 30 years of age, it's just the, the protocol.
0: Hmm. We're talking with our go-to guy. When we think of anything Australian... Who do we go to? The man who's from there, who's been there. He's been to this casino multiple that- times, which means he's a gambling degenerate, whether he's here <laughs> in the United States or whether he's back home in his native Melbourne going into the casino. Well,
2: he definitely has the pulse on what is going on there. No,
0: exactly. That's why we, you know, Robin, first thing we talked about, you know, we got to get Duncan on because, you know, we can get on reporters in the country who have opinions about race relations who've never even been to Australia, and they're going to have the definitive word. So back to that. Because, you know, we heard the anchors on, the, on that news channel where we played the morning show. You know, they were upset that now people are going to think Australia is a country of racists because that's how, unfortunately, society works nowadays. Somebody does something stupid or does the wrong thing or even does the right thing and they're automatically labeled a racist. Are race relations in Australia much different than they are here in the United States? Because you've been, obviously, in both countries extensively.
3: Yeah, that's an excellent question, um, and it's a very, very tough question to to ask. I mean, like any uh, like any country, when there is a whole bunch of diversity, there are certainly issues, and there are certainly claims, and uh, that people have been racially discriminated against. And we've seen it. If I can only really talk on the sports sphere, um, especially in AFL matches, seemingly a lot of Indigenous Australians, uh, especially. Uh, over the last five to ten years have, been, have claimed that they have been racially vilified on the field. So to say that um, there is no racism in Australia whatsoever, point blank, that's just completely not true. And when you listen, listen to a lot of Indigenous Australians playing the game of AFL, they repeatedly say that Australia... Uh, not only the AFL, but Australia as a society in general has got a long way to go in terms of equality and in terms of stamping out racism uh, altogether. Um, So I think it's like any country. I couldn't really compare it to the socio-demographics of the United States because it's all very, very different. I'm guessing every different socio-demographical ethnic group will have a different assertion or a different claim about it. You speak to anyone... Anyone's going to have a different person, a different opinion from the next person. Um, so, yeah, originally when I saw the headlines, I was deeply hurt by it because I pride myself on being an Australian. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my, I love my ancestry. I love my heritage. I love my culture. I think Australia, personally, is still the best country in the world. So, so to see that particular issue making headlines and for our world headlines and for people to assume that Australia is a racist
0: country, uh, you know, it it breaks my heart. Now, can we uh, rule out? Now, again, I know you don't have the actual person who was at the door carding people to get in. Can you assume maybe it was a Sixer fan who was upset that Ben Simmons missed uh, too many shots and wasn't taking the open jumper (laughs) and just for one moment wanted to exercise his power over Ben Simmons, which would be the only power he would have to not allow him to enter the casino floor because the Sixers could have and should have not only beat Toronto, but probably should have won the NBA championship as a result.
1: Well, Tony,
3: I think a lot of Australians are definitely rooting, rooting for Ben to finally get a bloody jump shot, mate. Come on, mate. You're going to be the best Australian basketballer of all time. Get your jump shot! Stop going out to the casino. Stop visiting football clubs. Stop bloody, you know, doing stuff for charity. I know that's all fantastic, but just go out on the basketball court. We don't want to see any, more, see any more of those power dunks. We want to see you shooting outside or just inside the perimeter so you can turn into the best Australian basketballer
0: ever, period. Exactly. So get on a bit. Because, you know, Patty Mills, a great Australian player, but, you know, there have been a lot of great Australian players who entered the NBA. But ben, is Ben Simmons already the greatest Australian basketball player ever?
3: Oh, that's a very good question.
0: And you know what? Uh, Kenny Smith, I
3: spoke to Kenny Smith at the NBA Finals just after he was finished his work with uh, TNT, mm-hmm. or it might have been NBA TV with the great man Shaquille O'Neal. And I bailed up Kenny Smith after he went on, went on air, and I said, Kenny, 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 can you come over to me? i ask him a couple of questions about Australia. And Kenny's like, yeah, no, no worries. So Kenny comes over, and I start talking to him about Australian basketball, and he said to me, name the best Australian basketball player. And I said, Ben Simmons. And then he said, no, 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 name me the best player ever. And I thought, hmm. And I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, and I thought, Andrew Gaze. Yep. And he looked at me and he smiled and he went, Andrew Gaze, that's my guy. <laughs> and I said, what do you remember about Gazy?" And, and he said, well, I remember him from Seton Hall uh, out in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, and he, he said, he's a, he's a legend. He was a legend in college and he And I used to, I think he played against him once and he knew that Andrew was a great guy and he used to follow Andrew's progress in the National Basketball League, the National League in Australia, where Andrew Gaze used to dominate, absolutely dominate. He was a fantastic shooter. He was a great passer of the ball. He was the leader of the Melbourne Tigers. He took them to a number of championships. He won the NBL MVP a record number of times, might have been eight or nine times. He always won the scoring title. So, in terms of the greatest Australian basketballers ever, if you speak to any Australian, they will probably say Andrew Gaze, who, mind you, uh, had grey hair at the age of about twenty. So, when he was boiling on the floor and running rings around everybody, and you know, you know, shooting the lights out and laying up, this guy looked like he was about fifty years old. It was it was it was absolutely and incredible. no love so- for Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut, yeah, I mean, he'd be close. But, you know, Andrew Gaze, he's the man, Tony. Andrew Gaze dominated for, like, 20 years in the National Basketball League. He got all the Australian young kids into basketball. He was the guy who inspired Andrew Bogut to get up and play uh, basketball. He was the guy who inspired Paddy Mills to shoot the basket. He was the guy who, who inspired Joe Ingalls to shoot the long ball. Andrew Gaze is the man, Tony. Better than uh, Matthew (laughs) Dallavadova? Well, Matthew Dallavadova, what a fantastic story he is. He wasn't even drafted, Tony. He wasn't even drafted. Managed to play on the Cleveland Cavaliers with the great LeBron James. Managed to get himself an NBA championship ring. His stocks went up. Signed a $40 million contract with the Milwaukee Bucks for a guy who wasn't drafted who can't actually play basketball. Matthew Madova he's the man. He's, he's, cashing, he's cashing in his chips, and yeah, he's, he's, one, he's one of the great guys of Australian sport. He's probably the nicest guy I've ever interviewed, Deli. Absolute champion of a
0: guy. And one of the great things, when we were sitting on the floor at the Sixer game after that loss on that Sunday, when the Joel Bead game were... Everything went terribly, terribly wrong for the Sixers that day. You know, you were talking about Jonah Bolden, who I don't believe is on the roster anymore, right? Because uh, the Sixers, have, they, got it, they, they obviously redid the team. They got a lot of great new players in here. But you were here to interview not only Ben Simmons, but also Jonah Bolden.
3: Absolutely. I haven't really kept tabs of uh, the offseason too much, Tony, because I've been in the United Kingdom, actually coming to you from the United Kingdom right now in London, a beautiful sunny day here, because I have been covering Wimbledon, The Cricket World Cup, the British Open, and, Tony, what I'm covering right now Mm -hmm. is the greatest rivalry in all of world sport. You can take your Yankees versus Red Sox. You can take your Celtics versus Lakers. Get that out of (laughs) here. The greatest rivalry in all of world sport is Australia versus England in the cricket. You want to know what it's called? It's called the Ashes. They play five test matches. The Ashes? Every couple of years. And the winner gets an urn with the Ashes in it, and they keep it. It's been going since 1882. Whose you know, Ashes? Yeah, whose Ashes are in years. there? It's not. Well, it's a funny story, actually. Is this so, the losing team? In Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so when Australia played England in, uh, it might have been, I think it was one of the first Ashes. Um, anyways, in the 18, 1800s. 1880 something. What one what, what, what of the England staff players, coaches, whatever. He said that day that England lost in the match against Australia that cricket had died. So what they did is they burnt a bale. Now a bale is um, a bale is, sits on top of the stumps, mm-hmm. and the stumps is basically put in the pitch, and the pitch is where batter meets bowler, right? Right. So the bowler has to throw the ball. And ultimately, to get the batter out, you've got to hit the wickets, and on exactly. yes. top of the wickets are the battle. I That's just right. watched the World so Cricket World Cup. I just watched the whole Cricket World Cup. Okay, great. Well, thanks. Thank you for allowing me to explain that. Okay. So anyway, they've, <laughs> they've burnt. One, they've burnt the bales and they've put them in this little urn, mm-hmm. and then they've kept the urn the whole time so that the winner of the series gets to keep the urn with the ashes in it. The series is called the Ashes, and Fantastic news. Tony and Robin, Australia won the first test of the Ashes yesterday. Five days.
2: So So
3: the Aussies are up one nil against the Poms.
2: So they still have four more tests to go.
3: They have four more tests to go, and each test goes for five days. You can win, you can lose, or there can be no result. It can be a draw after five days. Wow. Really?
0: You're going to play five days and not have a, a shootout? Or, or some way to end this thing. This is like this is like the NHL regular season when they finally had to change it. This is like baseball when they had a tie and they had to change the rules. How do you keep playing for five days and not have a winner? That's an outrage, Duncan. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? How good is it? I mean, it's just like,
3: I mean, sometimes when you get down to the final day or the final session, and it's the last hour, Tony, and the light's fading and these... Guys are absolutely bloody exhausted. They've been playing for five days of eight hours every single time. And they're at their wit's end. And there's one team that's bowling and they only need to get a couple of more wickets. But there's another team that's just trying to play for a draw and not trying to go for the win. It's an excruciating, excruciating process if you're watching the actual game. But if you can hold on for a draw... After Duncan, five days when it looks like Duncan, you're going to the woods. I think the key the word there is excruciating.
2: It's excru- if I'm
0: hanging on five days for a draw, I'm probably not playing that sport anymore. If I have to go five days and then say, you know what, I'll just settle for a tie here, I'd rather kiss my sister. Both of them, and I love them dearly. <laughs> well, that probably says more about you wanting to kiss your sister, don't you? Um But, but what the what other I, thing... What he, I will say, go ahead, I'm sorry. What I will say
3: is that the draw is one of the great... Things about cricket, because like I said, you know, you can be, you can be down the whole game, and it looks like you're going to lose the game. But you can bat through a session, or you can, uh, you know, you might be losing all your best players, and you get down towards the tail end, you might be losing the game. But if you can dig it out, and after four days or five days, you can salvage a draw after looking like the beaten team for two or three days. Sometimes a draw can feel
0: like a win. Ladies and Duncan. gentlemen, you don't get this kind of breakdown worldwide no, sports. But also, By the right, way, I have breaking news, though, and it's bad news, Duncan. Uh-oh. Yes, Robin and I will not, let me repeat, not be able to make it to Australia for the Melbourne Cup coming up. Not that far from now, right? September. So, we know. will not be making the roadie down under, even though we've been talking about it. We got to go. It's one of the great events in horse racing history because it's coming to- up because football season's coming up and there's no way. We'll be able to go down there.
2: We're gonna have to table it for a year because. Can
0: they move it up to the summertime at least, so I can take a couple of weeks off and come down there? How have you, bloody idiots, just figured <laughs> this out man? I told you a couple of weeks, months ago,
3: that this happens in the first week.
2: No, I know, November. but Tony oh, no, has it's November, November, and that's only right. Now. Tweaked. But Tony has a new thing coming up. and uh, I've gotta
0: got to do like three shows a day during the NFL season yes. that are just NFL shows. We haven't
2: even made the announcement yet. I know. That's going to happen. First uh, week
0: of November. And that's that's when it's starting to get uh, summer again down there, right? Or is that winter? No, it's winter now. You know, Winter's starting, coming, it's, right? It's starting to get warm down there. Yeah. yeah it's, it's the perfect Summer's time to coming. go.
3: To have, like I said to you on the Tony Bruno, Tony Bruno Nation, four days, the first week of November, mm-hmm. four days, like, a hundred thousand people at each of those four days—it's massive. The Melbourne Cup, take your Kentucky Derby, take your Arc de Triomphe in Paris, take whatever you can to whatever other big horse race. The Melbourne Cup is the biggest horse race in the world. It's like a festival. You go to the you go to the track. Everyone's dressed up. It's not as feral as the Kentucky Derby, where everyone's mudslinging and bloody throwing beer cans at each other. <laughs> this is highly sophisticated <laughs> stuff. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. and I've, What I've done is I've hooked up all my contacts for you and Robin, and I said, hold fire, save two tickets in all the best birdcage marquees and all the best oh,
0: parties man.
3: for Tony and Robin, and all of a sudden, you know you what you've done? You've kicked the dirt in my face. No, Kentucky no, I'm, I'm going to have to, have to
0: think about it. I thought it was September, so it's November, first week of November. Yes. Now, can you get me in the VIP yes. in the Crown Casino, though? That's what I want to know.
3: Well, I think, you know, Crown definitely has an area at the Flemington Racecourse for the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Uh, I've got to be a little bit careful here because I, I no doubt they won't be listening at Crown Casino. But I actually have a few friends at Crown Casino. So, um, so I knew you had the up hmm.
0: down there, man.
2: But we know that yeah. you'll get carded no matter what. So exactly. that's OK. Just make sure to bring your ID to Exactly. I bring my ID everywhere. And for the
3: record, you know, uh, to expressly, to be, uh, to be clear here, uh, you know, I have no affiliation with Crown Casino, so everything that I said just said in terms of the Ben Simmons story.
0: Exactly. Um, You're not, you don't have the VIP. Do you have a Crown uh, like frequent uh, gambler card? Do they have those, like the perk cards cards that they have at all the casinos? We use, do they have slot machines over there? That's what I want to know.
3: Can I tell you a story about Crown Casino? Absolutely. Another story? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there was, this is, this is a huge story, right? Massive story. I know this is probably off-topic and you want to talk about sport. Off-topic. Oh, hey, you've you've, you've, you've story,
0: been on this it? show. Do we have – is this show not just stream of consciousness and covering everything that needs to be covered? I, and this needs to be said, Tony Bruno and Robin.
3: <laughs> so basically, Crown, Crown Casino uh, used to be owned uh, by a guy called James Packer. Now, the Packers – we're at one stage the richest family in Australia and whatever. Anyway, but that's just some sort of context. I think so the kind of brother's over huge. here. He
2: was huge here too.
3: Yeah, well, James Packer was the bloke who, you know, he was the one who uh, was dating Mariah Carey for a while or like getting, you know, photographed on James Packer's yard
0: and... Well, who wasn't? You know, I mean, come on, you know, everybody's had Mariah Carey.
3: Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. So, anyway, um, Grand Casino, huge, huge business. Big, multi, multi-money business. Anyway, couple of years ago, Ago, probably 10 years ago there was a guy high roller by the name of harry kakavis right mm-hmm. and harry kakavis was uh a very very he was quite wealthy he's probably worth about 50 million dollars maybe maybe 100 million dollars and he made all of his money up in the gold coast which is in uh, the northern part of australia mm-hmm. beautiful part of australia on the water there great beaches a uh, bit of a party town as well but fantastic place to be so anyway harry kakavis went to Crown Casino regularly after cleaning up on the property market in Australia. Like I said, net worth about $50 million. But unfortunately for Harry, Mr. Kakavis, he had a gambling problem. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Kakavis would fly down from the Gold Coast to Melbourne and bet. And not just bet, guys. Like he would be looked after. He'd be in the high rollers room. He'd be betting big, big money. I can't remember what his game of choice was, but he would buy – he would spend a lot of money. Anyway – Harry was blowing a lot of his money, probably 20 to 25% of it. So Harry said, you know what I'm going to do? I can't help myself, so I'm going to self-impose a ban. I'm going to ban myself from Crown Casino. So if I do get into Crown Casino, make sure you tell all your staff that I'm being banned. Put me on the watch list. They said, yep, no worries, Mr. Karkovas, we can do that. No problem whatsoever. So... What he did, Mr. Kakavis banned himself from the Crown Casino. He said, actually, while you're at it, ban me from every single other casino as well in Australia. So he bans himself from every casino so he can't get tempted to go and gamble all his winnings and all his wealth. Bang, it's done. Now, what Mr. Kakavis claims after not being in the casino for a couple of years and not gambling, Mr. Kakavis claimed that Crown started to visit him up in the Gold Coast to lure him back to the casino to gamble. So what they would do is they would fly up a private jet, and they would say, Mr. Kakavis, can you come meet us at Gold Coast Airport and gutter we'll, and we want to have a chat to you about something. So Harry's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm a little bit busy. He's like, no, 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 we'll, we'll just come and meet us at the, at the airport. Having a meeting on the tarmac, go up to the private plane, inside the private plane in a briefcase is $200,000. So Crown Casino say, Mr. Kakavis, you just want to just touch base, see how you're going, see if you're well. Here's two hundred thousand uh, dollars. We want you to come back and gamble the casino. Wow. And Harry's like, no, I'm certainly not going to do that. I've imposed a ban on myself. I'm not going to do it for that for those very reasons. See you later. Harry goes back to work. A couple of weeks later, the plane comes up again. On the tarmac, Harry. Okay, Harry comes back out to the Coolangatta Airport on the plane. I think this time there's $300,000 in a briefcase. So after a while and hunting and hunting and hunting, Mr Kakavas finally cracks, gets on the private jet, goes, flies down to Melbourne and starts gambling again at the high rollers room and starts gambling big, doubling down, doubling down, doubling down, doubling down, doubling down. They reckon that he turned over over $1 billion so I'm guessing that's 700 US, 700 million US in the space of about wow. six to 12 months. That's Damn. an outrage. So Harry absolutely does his dough <laughs> and then starts a, a false settlement against Crow Casino to say, these guys lured me back into the casino when I imposed a ban on myself. So it was a massive, massive court case. And Harry basically said that he had a gambling addiction, he had a gambling problem, and as a result of this gambling problem, um, uh, Crown had taken advantage of him, Yep. uh, and he was a a compulsive gambler, and uh, ended up losing the case. Harry didn't get any of his money, and uh, Crown Casino won the day. So that was a very, very high-profile case in Australia. You
0: know who else did that here? The the former owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Leonard Toast, had a degenerate gambling problem. And he would go to Atlantic City when the casinos first started, when he owned the Eagles, and he would lose all the time. And he drank heavily, so they kept plying him with alcohol. Finally, after he lost gazillions of dollars, he sued the Atlantic City casino, claiming that they forced him by keeping him drunk, knowing that if he was drunk, they would be able to keep taking his money because he didn't know how to bet. He would just keep betting more and more and more. And Leonard Toast sued. I think it was Resorts, which was the first casino that opened, sued them, claiming that it was the same story as you're mentioning over there in Australia. Same thing, sued and lost. Because wow. they have you, man. When they, yeah. they know how, Do they have a 1-800-GAMBLER number over there like we do in the United States? one 800 got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do they do that over there? No.
3: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Australia is a big, Australia is a huge gambling nation, especially, guys, the other thing is that sports gambling in Australia has been legalized for years. I know it's only becoming a thing over in the United States as we speak, but it's been in Australia for years and years and years, and millions, billions of dollars go into uh um, Go, go into sports betting especially, but also horse racing and also especially uh, the casino as well. So gambling in
0: Australia is massive, absolutely massive. Beautiful. Nobody's more as massive than, than you, Duncan. Duncan Mackenzie mccurk ladies and gentlemen, calling from London, England today, where it's already nighttime there. What time is it there, like 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night? It's
3: 7.30 p.m. at night. I'm looking out my window. It's a magnificent day here in London. Like I said, the ashes you guys gotta get on i want want updates on bruno nation live every day and if ever you want ashes correspondent to give you an update on the greatest sporting rivalry in the world (laughs) i'm your man guys
0: i hate to do it to you duncan but i hate to do it to you about the ashes there's only a couple of ashes that i know over here and they work in the adult industry
2: we have, we have ashes here every day, but it's yeah. because of the dumpster yeah.
0: fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only ashes we have are the dumpster fires of this show when it goes into the toilet, or when we look at politics. It's all a dumpster fire, and there's always ashes, ashes, ashes everywhere, and
2: we all fall down. Beautiful. Well, Duncan, thank you so much for calling across the pond to give us this fabulous update. And and this was on Skype,
0: right? Yeah. It's good quality, Duncan. This is on Skype beautiful
2: i'm so sorry that i'm speaking
3: to you guys under these uh, particular circumstances i mean i love ben and australia loves ben and this is a real shitty story pardon my
0: french exactly i, I you got to do something about it you got to get that country under control over there duncan i'm sorry man somebody's got to do it <laughs> Either or ben or ben we simmons get him a, i don't care just get him a jump shot keep him away from Kardashian. as long as he's not has in kardashians or jenner's with him over there in australia have you seen his new girlfriend yeah he's Oh, my Lord. Is she with him in Australia? Yeah, yeah,
3: Ben's going okay. No, well, no doubt about let's that. Let's just say ben is, uh, Ben's got a particular type, uh, and it's, uh, it's either a model or a. Uh or a bikini model.
0: <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know it happens to so, us. Um, we all go through that yeah. phase. I went through that phase too. But yeah, you're not
2: do? in that phase now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm. <Dr. laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. We covered pretty, pretty much span the globe today. We get everything you needed to know, except the one thing is that you don't drink Foster's, as you've told us before. Foster's is really not the beer of Australia, even though you see the ads here. It's the, not.
2: The next time you got to drink
0: a Carlton Draft. Carlton right. Draft, right?
2: Duncan, the next time you're Calmly on, on you're going to have to help me research how I can find an old tape from 1989, Good Morning Australia, doing a, sh- uh, um, doing a segment on Guam as a destination location for vacationing Australians. Because on, okay. on that okay. show, I am topless. You're topless on that show? Yes. Oh, we'll, get, we'll
0: get right on that then. I know. 1989.
2: <laughs> And I don't know how, to, how, I, how I'm going to find it. If they keep the archives, I have no idea. But one of these days, I'm going to find it, track it down.
0: Duncan, that's your next mission. And we'll talk to you again soon, everybody.
3: And you know what? It is such a pleasure to speak to Philadelphia's number one radio show. I'm absolutely honored to be on, guys. So thanks for having
0: me on. Thank you, Duncan. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give them a roaring round of applause. The great Duncan McKenzie McHarg. We met him in Minnesota at the Super Bowl, and he's been family ever since. Sort of like Olive Garden, except the food's better here. We didn't even get into like snakes and knives and all the things that people are tweeting on here. Noice. Knife, that's not a knife. That's
2: not a knife. You know,
0: because there's nothing that an Australian person loves more than being asked about Foster's beer. Being asked about shrimp on the barbie. Yes. Being asked about... uh, You mean kind of like
2: every time you mention Amsterdam or the Netherlands, you talk about uh, marijuana and prostitution? Well,
0: that's because that's what happens there.
2: No, it's exactly... (laughs) You just made my point for me, Tony Bruno.
0: Remember when we, when we, we talked about the animals over there, the kangaroos? Because let's be honest, that's what's in Australia. Kangaroos, the Crocodile Dundee movie... I think, actually hurt Australia more than helped it. Now, it got, what's-his-name, laid a lot. He got him married to, what was the woman's name, Linda Uh, Kozlowski? I don't
2: know. Wasn't
0: she in the movie and then he married her?
2: Uh, Linda Kozlowski, I think think her name was.
0: And then he married her. That's good stuff. That's good Australian knowledge. It was
2: good Australian knowledge. Because it's good
0: to have somebody that you know who's from another country so that when something happens in that country, I don't have to call some talking head uh, writer, broadcaster, know-it-all, you know, person who claims they know stuff. Who knows more about Australia than Duncan? You think somebody, anybody from any major network in this country who's never even been to Australia is going to be able to break that kind of stuff down?
2: 91 Sixer says, being in the wine cellar is like being inside a marsupial's pouch.
0: Exactly right. Nice and toasty down here. Actually, we got the air on today. We got baseball. We got the White Sox and Tigers. A game that interests absolutely no one. But they're playing it anyway, and they're wearing red-wing caps at the ball yard today because, let's be honest, the Tigers stink and the White Sox stink. This year, at least. But people are wearing Detroit Red Wings jerseys at Tiger Stadium or whatever, Colmarica. This afternoon, 2-2, they're in the bottom of the fourth in Detroit. Meanwhile, I said Colmarica Park. Didn't I say it? At first, I said Tiger Stadium. I corrected myself quickly. Trevor's like, the second I say something, he's going to jump on me. I know it's Comerica Park. Jesus. 215-462-TONY is the number. 215-462-8669. We've got a lot of NFL football to get to also, Robin. And let's get to the training camp update now. We have open lines if you want to jump on in here. I know it's Hockey Town, Detroit. Hello? Hello? Do we have to play a little bit of uh, man, uh, Men at Work, Robin? Men at Work? What's your favorite Australian song? Um, it's got to be Men at Work. The probably. land down under. I come from a land, a land down, down under. under. You now, do. that's where they have the Vegemite sandwiches and stuff. And we've gone through all of this with uh, Duncan before. He's been on the show many times. We've broken down the whole Vegemite stuff. You know, just a basic stuff that people know about Australia who've never been there right? and hear all these things about Vegemite from songs we hear all this stuff there we go are these guys still working are they unemployed right now the men at work or are they men without hats are they working I don't know we had a lot of men groups back in the day Men at work, men without hats. This
2: was really popular when I was taking ballroom dancing lessons.
0: Yeah, because this is a great ballroom dancing and song.
2: they used it. They use this song in
0: ballroom dancing?
2: Uh-huh. What
0: the hell ballroom dance do you do to this song?
2: This was the, um, what is that step? Let's see. The dumb step? Step, step back, step, step back. <laughs> what is that step? I think it's the, um, what are you, it's step, step back one step, step, step Forward one step, step, step back. Cha-cha? No. I don't know. It's where you go around and then... Salsa? I don't know. It's not the salsa. Paramba. It's almost like the waltz, I think.
0: (laughs) Men at work and men getting stretched are going on tour together. I don't know what that means, but I read it anyway because that's what people write when they're listening to the show every day. It's
2: been a while since I've uh, taken ballroom dancing lessons.
0: By the way, now here's more news about men. men at work. They're apparently still employed, which is good. I'm tired of paying for people who don't want to work and paying their damn medical benefits. Colin Hay. Hey. Hey. The lead singer of Men at Work is out on tour. He's on the Ringo Starr All-Star Tour for a while, eh? He's got the, I didn't know he had a, a, a spooky eye. He was a lead singer had a spooky eye. I never really paid that close attention. Does a spooky
2: eye mean, is that one of those eyes that wanders off?
0: I guess. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a
2: spooky eye means.
0: Now, men men with with hats. No, there was men without hats, right? There was men at work, men without hats. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was a group, too. (laughs) Yeah, men without
2: hats. Men without hats?
0: You know what song they did, right? No,
2: what was that?
0: Come on, Robin one of the greatest songs of all time, but I don't think they were oh. from Australia.
2: Yeah, I don't think these were Australians. The
0: safety dance. Safety, safety. You can go where you want to.
2: Wasn't the uh, the other one that um, this was not uh, Men at Work, but... Uh, it was I, Raining
0: what? Men for a, a while, too. A whiskey drink.
2: I'll drink a... What, what's that no, one? No, that
0: was Chumbawamba, Ch- Robin. they're
2: from Australia, too, aren't they? Uh, I don't
0: know. It's good knowledge.
2: Safe, safe, safe. Isn't that Australian?
0: Do we have to get Duncan back on now to break down Australian musical groups? <laughs> well, where was Chumbawamba from?
2: Chumba. Probably
0: from Camden, New Jersey. To, now, men without hats, Robin.
2: Tub thumping.
0: Or men at work. You were on a desert island. Deserted island. No, they're English.
2: Okay. They're not. They're not uh, aus- Australian.
0: And men without hats are Canadians. That's why I don't like. Now, I love this song. How do you not love the safety dance, Robin?
2: Well, wouldn't the safety dance then be men with hats? Because if you're without (laughs) hats, then that's not very safe. I'm just saying.
0: Of course, ACDC now, Doug McGregor says the best band from Australia. Certainly the biggest band ever from Australia. Are they all from Australia? ac I DC? did not
2: even realize that they were from Australia. Boy, that's, that's bad. That's what Doug
0: McGregor saying. That
2: is bad knowledge out of me. I did not know that. I AC, got the DC. men
0: without hats on. Nobody was faster than me with men without hats. After men, men at work. I don't. I think these groups can't perform anymore because you can't call them men without hats. They have to be hims or he's without hats.
2: They So ACDC, <laughs> here we go. We have an ACD update, Tony.
0: An ACDC update? Yes.
2: ACDC. They were formed in 1973 in Australia by guitarist Malcolm Young after his previous band, The Velvet Underground, collapsed. Um, his younger brother, Angus, served as lead guitarist. The band played some gigs around Sydney. Angus was only 18 years old at the time, and his sister suggested that he should wear his school uniform on stage. So that's I prefer how when became... women wear
0: their school uniforms on stage. I'm sorry.
2: That's how it became the band's visual trademark.
0: A guy wearing a...
2: School uniform. So ACDC was known as a kind of alt-rock band.
0: i got to save that Men at Work song, though. I didn't do that so I can add it to our uh, playlist today. For people who want to go on not Spotify, notice. all the songs that we play... We put them on our Spotify playlist, sort of like a concert playlist, set list.
2: Well, we don't do it. It does it automatically for us. Which oh, it does?
0: does? Fantastic. But I have to like the song and put it in the like songs, right? Or don't No,
2: I? as soon as you play it. Anything, oh, really? Anything that you play is automatically put into oh, the Tony Show Spotify playlist, um, which is available on our info page if you scroll down if you're watching the video on a desktop not sure exactly what it looks like on the phone but if you scroll down Mm
1: -hmm. you
2: will see um, a couple different things the first thing that you'll see is our schedule or as they say in England, our schedule
0: schedule schedule right and
2: then um, you 'll see the twitch prime subscribe for free button mm-hmm. so that if you are a Amazon prime member and you want to subscribe to the show for free, you can do that by clicking on there and then it like meshes your twitch and your Amazon. Uh, memberships together in boom. one big happy family. Uh, I love and when things boom. mesh
0: together perfectly. And Just like you, the show does make right. occasionally.
2: And then, oh, and then it says, here's the recently played Spotify tracks. And it says no recent tracks. So why?
0: I don't know. That's why I like them. I put the little heart in there. Yeah,
2: but I don't know. It's supposed to do Because I the got now,
0: There's... I got Safety Dance, Drop of Jupiter in there. Which we played for our uh, Mercury and Retrograde. Let me see
2: if I can configure it.
0: You better get that straightened out, Robin. People want lists. They love lists, unless uh, Max Kellerman's doing one on. Uh, I'm going to
2: reset the configuration on going to connect it again, and let's see if it works. Agree. <laughs> I'm going to agree.
0: 9160. I saw they now. That's what I. That's what Tony calls music CD at writing. <laughs> Remember those discs. Man, that's what I call music. And they had all the, the popular hits at that particular time. Right?
2: Now let's see if this is working.
0: I probably have some of those CDs somewhere. Now that's what I call music. Those compilation discs. Right? I don't know. Yeah. The picture for the Detroit Tigers just airmailed one. So Naris so far back it hit off the oh, people are leaving the bar. Is it raining? Is it raining in Detroit or are people just leaving saying I've seen enough? This crap. 2-2, top of the fifth. The people are making their way toward the exits. They should have uh, probably not made their way into the stadium. It looks like it's raining, though. People are slipping and sliding. It's Detroit. Why would you go to a ball game on a Tuesday afternoon? Even though it is Taco Tuesday. Taco,
2: Taco. Tuesday.
0: Anyway, we have open lines. Let me get some NFL in here, Robin. Let's get some damn NFL update action in here. We got some good news, and we got some bad news. Let's go to your NFL Thursday night action. Because that's when that's when football returns, Robin. It's like eight exhibition games. You notice I still call them exhibition. I will not call them preseason games. Because I am under no jurisdiction of the National Football League, its affiliates, sponsors, advertisers, Or Roger Goodell.
2: Okay, it's working now. By the way. Oh, we got it now? Yeah, the Spotify, I I don't know what was going on before, but it is working. It's
0: an outrage. So do you have the safety dance and drops of Jupiter in there so far? Yes. And men at work? Yes. Down under? Yes. Meanwhile, Doug Peterson here in Philly got up before the assembled multitudes of media honks. They uh, proceeded to ejaculate and uh, rub themselves very, very, very rigorously until Carson Wentz got up. Then everybody was touching themselves over at the Eagles training facility at the Novacare Complex, Robin. Speaking about men at work.
2: Working hard. The working media hard. in
0: this town seems to uh, really get excited when they see quarterbacks throwing long, long touchdown bombs down the field, Robin. So Doug Peterson today said, hey, you know what, guys? No decision yet on whether Carson Wentz will play on the Thursday night exhibition opener against your Tennessee Titans in town. Carson Wentz got up. And as I mentioned, they were handing out wet towels to the media, assembled at the Carson Wentz press gathering today. You got to do that. You can't have a mess in the press room, especially a training camp, where there's not a big room and it's just a bunch of sweaty guys sitting in there pretending they know what they're talking about and all that kind of stuff. So Carson Wentz, to paraphrase, he feels great and he looks great too. Signed a lot of autographs, of course, at the open practice the other night. And he said, I'm not here just to throw bombs to Deshaun Jackson every play. But while I'm at training camp and all the media people are standing around waxing philosophic, I'm going to continue to throw long bombs to Deshaun Jackson just to get everybody properly... Motivated and excited about watching the ball go down the field. As the great, late, great Al Davis would say, we got to go vertical. And now people want him to go vertical a lot. And oh, by the way, Carson was asked about whether he's going to play on uh, Thursday night when people pay money to go watch preseason games, exhibition games. He said, hey, it's up to Doug, suckers. Now, what else do you want to know about me throwing the deep ball to Deshaun Jackson? Next question. Meanwhile, Ezekiel Elliott, remember him? Still down there in uh, Cabo San Lucas drinking some Cabo flips. And what happens now? He told a reporter who was a source. Basically, he knows a couple of reporters, and that's how it works. And he calls a reporter, in this case, Josina Anderson of ESPN, and says, Hey, Josina, don't say I told you so. But let me tell you something right now, baby. I don't know if he called her baby. That's probably a violation. He says he's not going to play in 2019, Cowboy fans. He will not play. He will go all Le'Veon Bell up in that joint and will not play football for the Dallas Cowboys if they don't give him a damn new contract worth $100 gazillion right now. And what's interesting, I mentioned he already has a contract for this season. Not only does he have a contract for this season when I went into my sanctity of contracts deals. He has a contract for 2020 also. So it's not like it's just this year he's getting jipped off on his rookie deal. He's going to make like $9 million plus in 2020 in writing already on paper. And they say they're going to renegotiate. Again, I'm not taking sides here. But you pull one of those, I'm not going to show up and even play. Forget about skipping practice. Forget about skipping the crappy exhibition games. I'm not going to play at all. Any Cowboy fans out there buying that?
2: You know, ridiculous. at a certain pot, pot, point, when somebody is that. Now that's going to get
0: people at. like Luigi's got to be apoplectic now. All the fantasy players getting all their uh, lotions and potions ready for their fantasy drafts, getting the rubber gloves on as they manipulate their draft boards in a couple of days. is coming close, Robin. Fantasy drafts right. are right around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Hard Knocks is coming around. some people go pay, spend money to see preseason baseball because they're in Florida and Arizona, and they're snowbirds, and they get out of the cold weather. That's why people go watch Exhibition Baseball, because it, while it's cold in most of the country, it's nice in Florida and Arizona. It's the only reason why. You don't go to go see games that don't matter. They're out in the sun. They're down there at Frenchies in Clearwater and all over the place in Florida. There's a difference between preseason football and preseason baseball. You don't have to go pay to watch preseason baseball. You choose to go down there. In, in NFL football, you could still not go, but you have to buy the tickets as part of your package. Right. Oh, Speaking yeah. of packages, the NFL draft's coming up, Robin, and guess what? Now people are absolutely trying to figure out, and by the way, welcome to Audit 1040. Yes. There must be an accountant.
2: I don't know. You get it? But, audit no, audit 1040? 1040. I get it. I or get does it. he
0: work for the IRS?
2: It could be either. But thank you for subscribing. And they subscribed with Twitch Prime.
0: Let me give them a roaring and a welcome. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to Fantasy Wait, Island.
2: We don't care how you subscribe. As Mr. Rourke would say. As long as you're here.
0: We need to get that clip of uh, Mr. Rourke, Ricardo Montalban.
2: Welcome. When
0: he's standing on the beach there with little Herve Villachez. when he says, the plane, the plane, and then of course the episodes would always start with Mister Rourke, not the Rourke guy who pitches in the major league baseball who just got traded. Mister Rourke.
2: Let's see. And he
0: says, "Welcome to fa- I can't do it any, any I can't do it any justice. It is raining in Detroit, but it's not raining men. At least though, we would have to play that song." since we've done all these Mensa. By the way, we have breaking news from the farm. I just get this very cryptic message from down in Maryland. I can't find it now, though. Oh, there it is. Not Mickey Rourke, no. Not Tanner Rourke. Mr. Rourke. Speaking of packages, I just uh, bought my Sunday ticket for the year. Now, that's a package we can all agree on. Not Beto O'Rourke. He's pretty much shot, so to speak. Oh. Uh, remember this show, Robin?
2: I do. I loved this show when I was a kid.
0: Not Fantasy Show Bar, Fantasy Island. Oh, here comes the plane, right?
2: Oh, this was the very first... Where's Tattoo? Sandra Dee, Bill Bixby, otherwise known as the Hulk.
0: Yes. Or the courtship of Eddie's father, too. Yes. Don't forget that, Robin.
2: And the play the
0: play
1: the Ring the bell <laughs>
0: with okay. oh, tattoo oh there he's, he's, running. Running. he's running. listen he's boss our guests are arriving on
1: time to the second they always do and you always act like it's a miracle
0: my dear tattoo when each guest is paying
1: fifty thousand
0: dollars for a three day stay on fantasy island mm-hmm. he or she deserves miracles right boss
1: <laughs>
2: there you go
0: god who didn't love Fish. that show Seriously, I mean, I know it's old school.
2: Fifty thousand dollars. They paid fifty G's back
0: then for a three-day stay. I was wow. going to Jeffrey Epstein's island for nothing. I mean, all I had to do was make like a two thousand dollar train contribution. <laughs> oh God, Tony. That's Fantasy Island. Luckily, that son of bitches is in jail and should be in there forever, being administered jailhouse justice in his cell. Am I wrong, Robin? <sighs> But 916 says, Tony's porn video, BHS box, has all kinds of stuff, including Fantasy Guyland Part 2. You got it, Fantasy Guyland?
2: Now, Tony, when you think of <sighs> Fantasy Island, where anything goes, what do you think of now, the equivalent?
0: Uh, the Fantasy Show Bar, except nobody shows anything in there, from what I've understood. I've never been there myself, not sure there's anything wrong with where it. Where
2: is the Fantasy I Island? don't
0: know. It's one of these just strip joints here.
2: Is it here in, in I Philadelphia? I think it is, yeah.
0: There's one in every city, No, but I mean, I
2: wouldn't you think of the equivalent is Vegas, right? Anything- Fantasy show bar? No, where anything goes.
0: No, that's out in the desert. That's, it, of course, our great friend, the now late great man who ran the ranch out there, the Bunny Ranch, Dennis Hopp, yes. who died in his sleep before Election Day, who died the way most men can only dream of going, in a house loaded with chicks who will do anything. But for him, they did it for nothing. For everybody else, say... You know what we say on this show.
1: sometimes may be good. it may maybe shit.
0: Exactly. Well, not Heather O'Rourke, yes.
2: But Tony, did you know, this is just a sidebar, uh, quick little story that I found, and I did not know about this. <laughs> did you know that Vegas was almost not in Nevada? Where was it? So back in the day when the mob was trying to figure out where they were going to set Wait, up is this shop. a Vegas
0: update? Yes. Oh, we don't get Vegas updates, except gambling numbers usually on this show apparently... Is this fact or is this some like... No, 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 no. I don't want any conspiracy theories it's... or 8chan or any of these other chans or Jackie Chan or Johnny Chang's, the great uh, Chinese restaurant, of course, at Broad and Porter for many, many years, or Shunk.
2: No, no, no. This is, this is an actual real thing. So the mob obviously had a large part in setting up all the different casinos <laughs> in various locations. One of them... Um, so they had Atlantic City... And they also had Newport, Kentucky.
0: Newport, Kentucky. Newport. Wait, Kentucky. that the choice was Newport, Kentucky.
2: Newport, Kentucky, or
0: Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: So, give me a second. So, Sin City. I
0: love Sin used City. Used to
2: be u- used to describe Newport,
0: not Newport Beach, California, or and and Newport, where Rhode Island. A
2: lot of the the mob had been setting up, and they were building casinos, and it was a town of fifteen thousand people at the time. And it was a tiny Vegas. Vegas Vegas. But then they also, they had the Flamingo, they had the Tropicana, they had the Jockey Club, Uh, all uh, in Kentucky. I did not know that. There's even a line, for those of you who are Godfather aficionados, which neither Tony nor I are, but in Godfather 2, there's a line in the movie that plays homage to the little town in Kentucky. Um, Hyman Roth, played by Lee Strasberg, says that Eddie Levine of Newport will bring in the Panino brothers Dino and Eddie. Oh, the they'll, Panino
0: brothers. They make a nice sandwich.
2: They'll handle actual <laughs> casino operations. So that was in homage to the fact that so Vegas it almost could have been in Kentucky. Wow. If things had not slightly changed when they when some laws changed and they ended up going and making Nevada their main You know what location. else could have
0: almost been in Kentucky? What was that? Cincinnati, Ohio. I mean, I mean, it pretty much is uh, the airport's in Kentucky. You know, the Cincinnati Airport. Robert, There's some great geography knowledge today.
2: <laughs> it's kind of weird, though, to think about the fact that Vegas, baby, Vegas, could have been in Kentucky.
0: Which is, you know, there's good uh, whiskey down there. Whiskey,
2: there's horse racing. Horse
0: racing, you I mean, got it the... it kind of makes
2: all, it yeah, kind of makes sense, right? Exactly. When you think about it.
0: Isn't that where the arc place is that we were talking about the other day? Is it Kentucky or is it... Uh,
2: no, that was in... Uh, uh, I just watched a show
0: about it the other night. I was watching if we built it today. They talk about like, you know, the pyramids and the Empire State Building and the Brooklyn Bridge and all these other things, how much it would cost to build today, and will we do it the same way? Things that are still standing after hundreds of years or in some cases thousands of years. The Coliseum in Rome, the world's most famous arena. We were watching that show the other night.
2: Mm-hmm. So, but anyway. they did
0: the thing about the Noah's Ark, if they could build it now and then the Noah's Ark, that's the amusement ride, not an amusement, but it's a theme park, is built and it doesn't float, but it's built to the specifications they right. think that would have been Noah's Ark. I always forget the state, and I was watching it.
2: Let me just finish this, though. So Newport, Kentucky was all set. Mm -hmm. They were putting all their money into it until one day in 1961, and the mob went too far in Kentucky. Apparently on May 9th, 2.40 a.m., Three Newport City detectives burst into room 314 of the Glen Hotel. They arrested a man clad only...
0: Name Glenn? Was Glenn in there?
2: <laughs> no. The Glen Hotel. They arrested a man clad only in a shirt and socks, and a woman wearing nothing but were they black a negligee. Socks that,
0: were they black socks that came all the way up yes, to the I'm ankles? Sure they, of,
2: and I'm sure they had those little uh, sock the little Yeah, the little
0: suspenders. I yeah, love that look. Yeah. That's coming back, I think.
2: He... The man's name was George Ratterman, formerly... Oh, a, a guy with the name of Ratterman? A you
0: can't have a rat in the business with Radman, a guy with the name of Rat.
2: Formerly a Notre, Notre Dame and Cleveland Browns football star and a reform candidate for sheriff. She, the woman, was a stripper named Juanita Hodges, a.k.a. April Flowers.
0: Oh, they bring May Flowers and May Shower. No, May Flowers bring the pilgrims. April showers bring May flowers, Robin.
2: Well, apparently the highly publicized trial because of who he was against Ratterman quickly unraveled once a doctor proved that he had been knocked out by a dose of chloral hydrate and the mob had tried.